Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Hey Hey NWA. This is a dramatic reading. The penultimate the pen- episode. The penultimate episode. That's right. We are. This is our next to last full length episode for the 2017 year. We're coming to a close. Um, so anyway, this interview was with Laura Shatkus. I think I pronounced that correctly. Yeah, you nailed it. Great, cool. Um, and she is the director of Arkansas Staged, which is a stage reading troupe, which sounds really boring. But will, it ain't. But it's not. But it's super not. Uh, incredibly interesting stuff in a way that staged dramatic straight staged readings does not do it justice in my mind whatsoever. Oh yeah, it's it's fantastic. I I mean, I think we get in this in the interview, but um the level of emotion and action and um oh man, just the, the immersive experience like you don't need like the, having the the staged reading part of it does not limit the experience whatsoever. It's yeah. still fantastic. Yeah, I love it. And Peyton, you've attended one of these yes. and talked about it on local lowdown before. Yes, I have. Actually, I've been to two of them, but the second one is where I actually met Laura, and that was at Empanada Loca, and that is something that we get to talk about in the interview. So I'm not going to spoil that. Um, but Laura's awesome. Um, they're doing a great thing, and they they put on fantastic events. And Laura. Um, even says herself, you know, I would like to shatter the expectations mm-hmm. of people coming in. And so I'm really excited about this interview. Um, you will notice that there are like seven people total around the microphones. So me and Zach and five others. So things get a little wild, but we had so much fun. We were at uh, Laura's house in Fayetteville and we just had a great time. Which they lovingly... Uh describe as a socialist community. Yes. Which I think you'll understand why when we get into it. A hundred percent. So um, we'll see you on the other side of the interview. Hope you all enjoy. It's a lot of fun. We had some wine. Uh, We got to sit around and crack jokes. It was very great. Quite a variety of people in the room. So I hope you all enjoy this very much. We'll see you on the other side. Hey, Northwest Arkansas. Welcome to another episode of Hey, Hey, NWA. We are in the home of Laura Shackus. And, you know, she's fangirling over there right now, which is very exciting. (laughs) Um, To talk about Arkansas Staged. Thank you so much for letting us in your home. Yeah, thanks for coming over. Yeah, so let's go around the mics because there are quite a few people in this room. Our listeners do not know that. But let's go around the room. Who's around the table? My name is Laura Shatkiss, is my house, and uh, I am the artistic and managing director of Arkansas Staged. Hi, I'm Celeste Richard. I am the stage manager. Hello, I'm Jason Shipman, and I've worked as an actor and a director. Uh, I'm Ren Pepitone, and I've worked as an actor, director, and I suppose writer. I'm Addison Griffin, and I've worked as a scenic designer and prop designer. And I'm Zach, and I'm here all the time. 
Hey, I'm here too. <laughs> yes, Zach is also here. Thankfully. So, yeah, we have a lot of people around the mic. And yeah, we're here to talk about Arkansas Stage. So could you just, I guess, quickly summarize what is Arkansas Stage? Arkansas Stage is a, a theater company based in Northwest Arkansas, but not limited to Northwest Arkansas, hopefully, for the time being we are, uh, that it compo- is comprised of actors, directors, writers, and we've even involved musicians and painters and uh, projection designers. Um, and so we're just a cadre of artists working to bring, for the most part, staged readings of contemporary plays to life in unique spaces around Northwest Arkansas, uh, but also uh, looking to expand the content. And perhaps it's, we actually did produce one one play, which you saw, Peyton. Um, Empanada Loca was, was quote unquote, fully produced only in that the actor Lupe Campos had her lines memorized. So really the only difference between what we do and what uh, what you think of as traditional theater is that the actors are not off book, quote unquote off book. So they have a, they have the script in front of them. However, they're they're extremely staged readings. So there's blocking, there's costumes, there's projections and lights and sound and movement. And uh, we're really just limited. I'm certainly just limited by funding in order to make the next step um, into giving, paying the artists enough money to spend the time to memorize their lines. Um, Well, and sure, I can attest to that. well, because I also went to Collected Stories. Oh, you did? Okay. I did. Yeah. Um, and that was fantastic. And I, I didn't know what to expect either out of a, you know, a stage reading. Mm-hmm. Like, I I didn't know that there would be so much emotion, I guess, and mm-hmm. so much, yeah, blocking and all of that. Um, so, yeah, I can attest that it's a lot of work and it's, it's a lot of good production. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad that you came to those things and we got to know each other. Um yeah, it's really kind of a radical, weird, not normal. When when a, the, people see the word staged reading, they think usually the actors are maybe all wearing the same thing and there's a music stand and that's it. And they just read the script. And it's often, often staged readings are meant to be a tool for playwrights. So they usually culminate the end of a workshop of a play. Um, so Theater Square does an Ar- the Arkansas New Play Festival every year, which is a wonderful example of um, uh, what a traditional staged reading might look like. That being said, they have also done some interesting, um, I'm thinking in particular of the ones that Shauna Gold has directed that, that often has like blocking and sound and, and um, other theatrical elements. But usually they're there to serve the playwright. Yeah, it almost becomes like um, like a script in hand thing. I think when Arkansas Stage does a show, where where because there's there's other media that is that is applied to it, right? So there's uh, um, there's there's typically more artists than you usually have when you have a a uh, a staged reading that are involved and are are trying to enhance some element of the story, uh, which is kind of neat, and you don't see that very often, you know. Um, yeah. Well, I'm curious, like, why the decision to do staged readings instead of maybe elaborate productions or that sort of thing? Is it a financial thing? Is it a an artistic decision? I think it's more financial and time than anything else because everybody's involved in in something else. Um, For example, Ren, who's sitting across from me, is a 
a professor at the University of Arkansas. I am an actor with a with an acting career. Uh, sometimes my career takes me away from here for two months at a time, and I'm still doing Arkansas stage work, you know, from my bedroom in Florida or whatever. But um, yeah, for the most part, it's. We had a meeting about a year ago with a different cadre of people, but m- more of my my close people, and everybody described it as a little scrumptious bite to eat for them. So, so everybody can have a little taste of uh, um, autonomy because one, one thing too, one of the reasons I enjoy managing it and curating and everything is because as an actor, I don't, I'm often not, this is just the way it is, but I'm often just at the, at the mercy of whoever might hire me. I have my talent and my personality and my, you know, um, whatever I can bring to a room, but I don't get to pick the plays I get to be in. I I have some say, I can say what I want to audition for or what I want to say yes to or no to, but I don't have very much power as, um, in terms of choices as an actor. And so to manage this is fun for me because I get to curate and bring together people I love and, and give opportunities to people is one of the best parts about it for me. Um, having somebody like Addie in the room who is a sophomore at the University of Arkansas and giving her a rich experience um, and just make like putting the bar up here and being like, okay, kid, jump, (laughs) um, is really satisfying and giving uh, opportunities to people who don't typically get to act or or write. Ren Ren writes plays, but, um, you know, she's also a professor. And so she can only do what she can do. Uh, yeah, worth worth noting that I'm not a professor of theater, maybe. Right, or, yeah, right, also that, interesting that, that uh, she's not a professor of theater. Which only which is only to say that it, it means that my uh, artistic life and my professional life don't necessarily overlap very much, and so it, it's really wonderful to have Arkansas Stage, which, which as Laura described, these, these little bites which make the projects manageable and feasible. Um, I moved down here to take this job in August 2016, and I swore left and right that I wasn't going to take on any artistic projects for a while and then myself get settled in. I made it literally less than 48 hours. <laughs> what, what are you a professor of? I'm a professor of history. I, I focus on British history, cultural history, gender history. Oh, cool. Fascinating. You made it 48 hours. <laughs> I'm, well, that does interest me in that, how did, because you guys are so very different, it sounds like, students and professors and actor and very different people in the room. So I'm curious to hear how each of you came about to being a part of Arkansas Staged. Even I have a good story, which Uh-oh. is that I didn't start it. I didn't start this company. Okay. Oh, it was started yeah. by uh, Chris Stoker and Sabrina Verosi. They're a married couple. Chris was, uh, they were living here in Fayetteville for several years. Chris is a professor of theater. And um, I got to know them. And uh, they, the very first meeting of Arkansas Stage was they dragged me over to their house one night. I was so tired because I was in grad school. And they were like, we're reading this play aloud. Come over and we're going to drink wine. And and I was like, oh, God, all I did today was theater, God. So I went over, and we read the play, and it was really fun. We had a great time, and we sort of dreamed up this thing. And, and um, 
the unofficial mission statement, you know, the, the formation of the company was so that Chris and Sabrina could hang out with their friends because um, they they have a child who's now almost five, six. He's five, I think. And so, you know, they were limited in what they could do. And so they can have people over after bedtime is one thing they could do. <laughs> So then they moved away to Kansas City and they said, and, and at that point we had, we had gotten some cool gigs. We did one thing that was very special, which was an adaptation of Gertrude Stein's writings that we did at Crystal Bridges. I heard that that was crazy. I heard that was so good. Did you go to it? <laughs> I, I, I wasn't able to. I was in, oh, uh, I, it was like in a show or rehearsal or something. But so many people um, uh, uh, that I spoke to that did see it were like, that thing was amazing. And it was a staged reading, but Sabrina Sabrina took all the text and adapted it. And then we had um, John... What's your face Christopher doing? Kelly. Because the problem is, it's always this with me, because I have a... Oh, there's a guy I know in Chicago whose name is John Kelly Connolly. He's an actor. And then there's John Christopher Kelly, who is... A, 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 he was in the art department, and um, he's a, a visual artist. And so he created this... Again, he was just looking for something, a little bite of something, you know, while he's being a professor and a dad and everything. And he created this amazing videoscape that went with our performance. And in the end, it was awesome. We were all like, oh, my God, this 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 reason to hang out with our friends just became something real. So then they moved away. She, uh, Sabrina just actually finished her MFA in nonfiction writing at uh, UMKC. So they moved away. I was still in grad school, and they said – you should continue this. There's energy around it. And I was like, I'm in grad school. So nothing happened for about a year. Then I graduated and I was like, I need something to do with my life. And so I started producing things. And how long ago was it that this started? So I started being in charge in in May of 2015 when I graduated from grad school. And they started it, I think it was 2013. I think we had about a year and a half of work before I came aboard. Um, And Sabrina you know, moved away, but this is what she would have done too, you know? So I was just sort of taking the baton and moving it down the field. And I honestly hope that I can pass it along to somebody at some point too, you know? So that's how I came to be. She's eyeballing people in the room trying to figure (laughs) out who's going to take this baton from her. I'm always eyeballing the one. Alrighty, who's next? I'm trying to remember my story. The first show that I worked on was Venus and Fur, and that was at 21C. And I don't know. I think Laura probably just came to me and was like, we need somebody, please help me. And I was like, yes, I'm here for you, my queen. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Celeste and I got to know each other when I was in grad school. She was an undergrad, and I I roped her into a bunch of weird stuff that I did there. Oh, yeah, because I had just done um, Donner Party. Oh, Donner Party. So I wrote a one-woman show about the Donner Party, and then Celeste Celeste, uh, stage managed it. It's called The Daughter Party by Laura Shatkiss. Doesn't have a life outside of the University of Arkansas just yet. Um, And then we also, Jason and uh, another one of our cohorts in grad school created an original piece of theater that's that we did for our thesis and uh, Celeste stage managed that. It was at the nines down the street. Um, So, uh, yeah, so we, I mean, it wasn't like she was a stranger to me. I just, I knew this. And again, with Celeste, it was like giving an opportunity to somebody who just graduated and who, you know, was trying to figure something out for her life. And now she's like our in-house person. Was yeah. that Venus and Fur? Was that the first thing at at Twenty One C? That was the first thing at Twenty One C. But yeah. we also did Veils at St. Paul's, which went over very well. Which was directed by Kalud Sawaf, and um, 
God bless Kaludzilov, <laughs> and uh, uh, and who's another one of our graduate um, classmates, and uh, so that went really well. And then yeah, so that was February, and then we did Venus and Fur in May of two thousand sixteen. I guess it was. That sounds right. Yeah. Think I don't know. I was yeah. in it. I don't remember. I know. I do remember the collar. I do. I remember the photo shoot that we did, like abstractly with Cole's phone, and it involved a dog collar and a leash. And Venus and Fur is about S and M. Okay. Oh, is yeah. it? I was... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, so you guys are aware, uh, uh, it's, uh, it deals with uh, uh, yeah, a little bit of S and M, a little bondage, a little uh, uh, dominance. Um, but it's, it actually worked perfect. It was like a perfect play to choose for the format that Laura and Arkansas Stage was structuring because the characters in the play are rehearsing a play themselves. So it makes sense within the circumstances of the show that they would have a script in their hand. Mm. Okay. And it really opened up a door for like what we could do and... Uh, I mean, blocking is like a term I'll throw out, right? That like, you know, when the actors are moving on stage, that all that stuff is blocking, right? And typically in a staged reading, it's, you're at like a music stand and there's like little things that you can do to make it creative and stuff. But this like really opened up a door for us. Um, they made it a lot of fun to do. And, and then we got uh, some pretty cool costume props. Uh, the from, Art of Romance? I don't know, yeah, some right. sexy place from Eureka Springs. This lovely just woman, uh, of course, just from talking to the community, uh, someone said, you should reach out to this woman in, her, in Eureka Springs. She's got a fancy um, uh, sex shop, basically, and she's got uh, uh, lingerie, beautiful lingerie, and she gave us, I mean, probably stuff that we would have spent $1,000 on if we, if we had to have purchased it, but she just lent it to us. It was good advertising for her and you know we got this long beautiful like sheer robe that maggie wore and a um uh didn't she wear like a corset kind of thing um all all of which enhanced the reading obviously uh i should say that one of our um oldest patrons who had befriended us because of veils at at 21c or at uh st paul's um i was like the most worried about her and she's the first one to email me when the show is over to say what a wonderful thing it was how much she loved it and you know to give maggie her her regards she just thought maggie was amazing and was that Kalud's grandmother it was no no no, no. Okay. it was a woman named maya porter who is a lovely patron and supporter of arkansas stage i don't know if that's a more of a commentary on how expensive stuff from a sex shop is <laughs> or the generosity <laughs> Of her. Yeah, is this volume or quantity right. we're talking about? Volume or quality. But volume it, and quantity are the same thing. <laughs> it, it was the first time where I realized how fun it would be to just get other people involved that weren't just insular to theater. So getting getting a sponsorship and a donation in that way from this woman in Eureka Springs. And then some people from Eureka Springs came to see it. And they came back to see other shows. So uh, this way to like reach out in these kind of funny ways to community members. Um, that was one of them. Uh, I think we'd be remiss to not catch everybody else. Jason, have you like thoroughly talked about how you got involved? Yeah. Did she L- Laura well, decided or? to put me in a dog collar. So. <laughs> 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 
Yeah. Dreams come true. It's like, Dreams come true. Laura Bell, what else can I do for you? Uh, Yeah, yeah, that was, I I had, we actually, that play, Venus and Fur, we had uh, both worked on independently in some courses during our grad studies, graduate studies. And uh, I think we both sort of like really dug the play and we're like, man, this is cool. It's a two person show. It's like easy to produce. There's there's uh, uh, some like really neat historical elements. There's some like otherworldly elements that are going on in the play. And it's just super engaging um, and a great challenge. And so when the idea, whenever that was being kicked around, I, I wasn't even entirely sure, like, if, like I didn't know it was like an Arkansas stage thing. I didn't really know what Arkansas stage was, I guess. I just thought Laura wanted to, like, do a thing, you know? Uh-huh. And uh, and then I think there was, like, auditions at a bar. <laughs> R.I.P. Right? Big Star. Oh. True. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we actually, so Big Star Lounge was a bar on Block Street for, like, the briefest of years. and uh, it beca- But it was just a haven for we, us vagabond theater vagabonds and the art department liked that place too yeah but they we discovered they had this back room that was just like brick walls and dust and it was disgusting and they were storing some little i don't know golf carts carts. so we were like we knew the bartenders and we were like can we use this room for auditions and then it ended up being the place where empanada loco was originally staged when when lupe did it for her thesis cole directed it and they did it in that back room of big star and we were like psyched to like start to be like, hey, what if we this was our room? What if we like? <laughs> and then Big Star folded. Yeah, sadly. That way. But it, it actually that building used to be like a car, like an auto showroom thing, mm-hmm. and that that like the back area they had like this real wonky way that you could get to like this back room where you had to like go through the bar and like to the left before you get to their like freezer with all their beer and stuff. And then you walked down this narrow corridor and then it opened up to like this like garage. But on the ground, there was still like this circle where like the, the big wheel that used to have the showroom car and it would like rotate. It was like st- it's like still there, you know. Uh, yeah, it's a neat space. I think it's like an architecture firm it thing. Is. It's it like is. architecture slash engineering. Yeah, firm. it's like smart Both stuff. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That just um, sounds like a dream room for art kids. I mean, just seriously. like brick walls. Really? No. Yes. It was so dream. cool. It was <laughs> so cool. Space like it that. was such a cool place for Empanada Loca, too, because it was just, it, it evoked the subway system underneath it or something. And we actually were able to start a real fire in there. I say we. I had nothing to do with that. What? what? No, I didn't have anything <laughs> to do with that. None of us started the fire. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it was that was Cole and, and Lupe's baby. I wasn't, that was not an Arkansas stage thing. But then when he brought it to me for this year's season it was i had already i knew what it was and... but we did use that space to rehearse venus and fur yes we did like a number did we of rehearse times there? yeah in the oh, back yeah. like a whole bunch God. i i crawled around that ground a lot yeah. it's it it dirty yeah yeah <laughs> knowing um, the context of the production <laughs> makes it better <laughs> licking her licking kinky boots <laughs> licking kinky boots in the back of a dirty auto shop that's how I got involved with Arkansas State <laughs> you know Jason I think we've sufficiently heard how you got involved let's move on <laughs> so we're gonna move on to Ren uh, how did you get involved? Uh, 
my story is a lot less salacious than that. Um, but as I said, I moved down here, and when I when I drove out here, I came out with a couple of friends, and one of them knew. Uh, we keep mentioning Cole Wimpy, who's uh, Cole has been a. It's, it's too bad he's not here, but he has been a huge part of collaborating um, and creating pieces and thinking he's just such a creative thinker he's the kind of person that you can be like okay i got a dog and a collar and one room what should we do with it and he'll be like well i've heard of three plays that that'll apply to um what a weird thing i just said uh, he is uh yes yeah, so he's a, he's a person that we work with a lot did you guys know each other you and cole no so my friend that i drove out here with said ren i've got one friend for you in fayetteville and that happened to be Cole. Through Cole, I met Laura. And so on my second night in town, we're sitting at a bar having drinks. And after about 10 minutes of conversation, <laughs> Laura says, I've got a project for you. <laughs> and I said, okay. And then several days later, I was at a, a new faculty meeting at the university. And I met the new head of playwriting, John Walsh. Uh, and afterwards came up and introduced myself and, and was, was talking with him. And by the end of that conversation, he said to me, I've got a project for you. <laughs> and it turns out that both John and Laura separately approached the director of the upcoming Arkansas staged uh, production of Craving Gravy and said that they had found her an actor for this part they needed to cast. Um, and it turned out that in both cases, that actor was me. <laughs> like separately, they met, they you met and they were me like, separately, you and both of them, not knowing that the other had met me, decided that I needed to play the part of uh, the charmer, this sort of mysterious, uh, I don't know, sort of otherworldly figure. And so, uh, I guess it was sort of serendipitous on on multiple accounts, and that's how I first came to be involved with Arkansas Stage. Is that an aura you generally put out? Is mysterious and otherworldly? You know, as I was just <laughs> I was telling Laura the other night that the thing I'm typecast most as is either uh, seemingly innocent but creepy and or creepy lesbian <laughs> or, or or creepy twelve year old. Well, right, that, that, was... that falls under the first category. I see, I see, I see, because I'm like, um, I'm thinking about using you as a creepy twelve year old. How do you feel about? She's like, wheelhouse. <laughs> Man. That's, that's got to be p pretty flattering to have two people who you've just met say, I think you have the acting prowess to come in here and slay everyone. Confusing, but, <laughs> but, but, but ultimately positive. And it was a, a really great experience. It turned out that the, the part was not... I, I was joking earlier that they I had no lines in the staged reading. Oh. Um, so I read nothing in the staged reading. And, uh, the, the... In the staged reading, <laughs> I read nothing. Um, but it, it turned out to be a movement part. And so uh, for, for me, I was actually completely off book. I mean, not in terms of memorization, but in the fact that I was running around and skipping rope and, you know, pulling magic berries off of imaginary bushes and all sorts of things that very creepy, very creepy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah, and so it was a, a a fun experience. And then I don't know. I guess I'll let Addison have, yes, have yes. a say. Well, I mean, like speaking of creepy lesbians, 
Um, <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, well, I actually think I stumbled upon you people through Cole as well, because I'm, you know, at the university, I'm a sophomore theater major. So like coming to this university, gosh, like I've only been here for two years and I was just like, I didn't know anybody. And um, I met Cole and uh, I heard about Empanada Loca and the cool experiences that you guys had in the like in the back room of what was it called the Big Star or the Big yeah. Star Lounge the Big Star Lounge R.I.P. Yeah, no, I was I was like Pour fire in a bucket like during a show, you know, and I'm like this eager uh, scenic trying to be scenic designer, uh, and it just sounded like an incredible opportunity, and um, I'm really glad that I hopped on board. This has been really cool meeting everybody and you're kind of just thrust into this amazing huge artistic community uh when you you know join the theater department at the university so yeah it's been amazing i don't know if this is everybody's college experience it definitely um was mine but i found myself being very held to the university like kicking around and being a part of what's going on in the university, mm -hmm. but not venturing outside of what's going on in the university and being a part of like what's going on in the community. How has that been? Is that the experience of your classmates, people who you kick around with in the theater department, or do people kind of hang out in the university and you're like, I'm the one kid that's going to get out <laughs> and do the thing. Yeah. Um, well, there's definitely people that feel kind of stuck. Like, I, I mean, you're, you're fighting to get in, get these positions like as a designer uh there's not many undergrads that are super interested um in any form of design honestly uh at the department so i kind of you know took that opportunity and i was like okay well who do i know like let's make connections and it's just the people that i got to know like got to be friends with i was just incredibly fortunate and um yeah but there's definitely i i mean i felt that way like freshman year i was uh i had my first scenic design position as assistant in uh angel's in America part one and two. Um, and that was amazing, but it was just, it's, it's this, you know, the educational structure kind of, you know, that's restricting sometimes. So, um, I just made an effort, a, a huge effort to kind of break out of that and have a little fun with the artistry of it. So, yeah. Thank you. The, my understanding, I have, I have a cousin up in Connecticut who is an undergrad in a, a, a small, uh, uh, actually a conservative college, but, but she is uh, focusing in scenic design and stage management. Mm -hmm. um, and she's finding like loads of opportunities because everybody at that age at her school wants to be an actor, wants to be on stage. Yeah, yeah. Um, is that is that like uh, what you're seeing also? Uh, that, that like folks are... Yeah, yeah. Usually, like, I mean, you stumble upon the fact that you want to be a designer at one point, you know, like later in your career. And I... And I just, you know, came into this knowing um, I had no experience acting and I'm a, I'm the kind of person like I've always had stage fright and I'm just like, that is not my thing. Um, but I've always been a painter and an illustrator. And I was just like, how can I translate this into this, you know, career that, you know, it's just I'm never going to get bored. It's always intriguing. It's always exciting. Um, so that's just kind of how that evolved. But I'm definitely still interested in dabbling in different um, art forms. And I definitely haven't figured out exactly what I, what I want to do yet. Um, for instance, like stage managing is something I would totally uh, be interested in. But I definitely like to get my hands dirty. Yes, Liz, I see you. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I like that. I like that. I want to hear more about that. That's exciting. <laughs> I mean, um, teach me and I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Want to come to Chicago? Yes, please, please take me with you. Oh, my God. I will affirm that. I don't know what to do um, when I'm in college. Um, just I don't, wanna, don't know what to do with my life. 
it's a, it's than a general. real thing. It's, it's a, a very real thing. Yeah. I think it, it in this town, it, I think it helps that there is a graduate program at the university because you have all of these artists uh, uh, that may not necessarily, like in Ren's case, be involved in the theater department, but they uh, have artistic aspirations and things they want to do. And it's it's uh, it's hard to pay people sometimes, right? So like you, you go to where the source is for like people that are hungry, right? And that is like some undergrads maybe that are looking for things outside of, of the norm of what they are, are learning or the, you know, whatever the, the, the structure of the, the, the thing is. Uh, that that is kind of exciting, uh, I think, and the the graduate program has like a variety of disciplines that allows, like, uh, some merging of things. You know, that's that's very cool. I think uh, we have an embarrassment of riches here. There's yeah. there's the theater department. There's this community of people that are interested in telling stories, and it does, they don't have to be people who are trained in theater you know, necessarily to be involved. And I think it's very, very fun to collaborate and to uh, work with people in other fields, too. And t giving opportunities like that to you, and I'm so glad, mm -hmm. and I'm grateful for your work. And um, Yeah, I'm so, I'm so glad. That, I'm super interested in doing more of that, and so... Uh, it's just, it's a lot of, a lot of, as you can see, a lot of this has just been like weird, energetic. Uh, I happened to be in the room with somebody or somebody introduced me to somebody like so many things are, you know, I mean, I think a lot of art comes together in that way. Yeah. I, I just asked you, Zach, how did <laughs> socialism? Um, I just asked you, oh my God. I just asked you, how did you guys meet? And it was a similar thing, you know, it's just a chat over breakfast table or you know her second night in town i, I trapped ren <laughs> into into being involved but i mean i there have been some pretty cool individuals that have come to the project i don't know i'm, I'm thinking now uh, about uh the taming how we worked with i mean what what were the youngest artists involved in that project 10 12 12 how old was she 12 i, I mean we, we had, they were yeah. Children, legitimately mm -hmm. children. Yeah. yeah. Um, that that. Not word. you as a twelve-year-old child. <laughs> no, not not a not a fake creepy. No real children. Child. Yeah. Real children. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who were not creepy, but yeah. but lovely. And then um, I worked with one of the younger artists again for a shorter project that spring. I did that a staged stage reading of a short piece that I'd written for. Uh, in in collaboration with the it was the nasty women fundraiser uh -huh. right yep. mm -hmm. was that um, at stage eighteen that was, was at stage eighteen yeah, yeah. oh um, yeah so we're we're sort of hoping to um uh do some more work there if nothing's on the table yet but uh activate that space a little bit too so we're kind of in bed with twenty one C right now but uh, yeah I was going to ask specifically um about getting involved in twenty one C. Um, because that, you know, that's a very artistic, like in prominent space. And so how did you, I guess, make that connection and get in there in the first place? I'm just very impressed. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It was just a meeting. We just took a meeting. Um, my second to last day of grad school, we had a workshop with Peter, actor, famous actor, Peter Coyote. Peter Coyote. Coyote. And he said, he had his Buddhist prayer beads around his neck because he's a Buddhist, Buddhist priest now and other than saying my favorite quote of all grad school, which was, Laura's the queen. Uh, he said... You fired me. And I fired Jason, which was just a work for, an exercise. He said, learn how to take a meeting. And we were all mm. like, what? That's so 70s. What does that mean? Um, <laughs> but 
I mean, I'll tell you what, just get get coffee with people. If you if you want to like collaborate or you want to grow something or build something or throw some seeds on the soil, just go get coffee or go get lunch or go get a drink and watch what happens. And so uh, Jason Sewell, who was one of the founding members of Arkansas Stage, so the, the people, the friends that Sabrina and Chris wanted to hang out with were me, Jason Sewell, Jason Engstrom, and uh, Jason Sewell's the one who said, there's this guy that I think would be interested in, in what we're doing um, at 21C, and he introduced me to our beloved Dayton Castleman, who's like honorary member of Arkansas Stage, like truly. I mean, I, I would call him a company member. He's a co-producer. He is, his heart is so in the game and he's so generous and he says yes to everything and he gets up on ladders and he leaves his family on Sundays and he, um, he's just been so wonderful to work with. So we just had one meeting and all it took was a person with a really opened mind and a interest in something different. And, and he said, let's do it, you know? And that's all it was. That's really all it was. I can't say that it was anything besides have, taking a meeting. Which is awesome and fantastic advice. And we've definitely tried to take that advice as well. Yeah. Um, so we've been talking a lot about your various productions that you've done. Um, could you specifically talk about and just describe in as much lovely detail as possible Empanada Loca? Because I went to that event and I loved it. I thought it was fantastic from before the event started to finish and um you know i loved it so um but yeah could you describe it for our listeners just kind of kind of paint them a picture of what kind of experience they can expect at an arkansas (laughs) staged well what i like to do is defy expectations every time i often i mean i each time i'm given this beautiful space whether it's stage 18 or saint paul's episcopal church or um Fayetteville Underground or 21C or Crystal Bridges. Um, I just want to f with people's heads. Um, so <laughs> I want I want to, and I don't think this is I don't think this is like such a crazy thing. Like I think there's lots of theater people that are interested in subverting the norm of we go in and we sit down and we read our program and the play starts and then there's an intermission. We go get a glass of water and then we come back. Um, Not to say that that form isn't wonderful also because it is, but uh, I don't know. There's just something about playing with the sort of playing with expectations. And so for Empanada Loca, for example, we had a, a, actually a food and drink component. So chef Matt McClure made special empanadas that uh, were there for that came with your your free with a suggested donation of ten dollars ticket and a specialty drink the bloody Dolores which was a, a adaptation of the Bloody Mary and both things were sort of obviously thematic to the play so and delicious and delicious mm-hmm. and unlike I mean award winning chef like you know with literally the price of ten dollars you're gonna get an amazing bite of food drink and a play. Uh, all of that is what I have to thank 21C for, for their generosity. But, um, okay, so the audience came in and they hovered around in the this lobby. We call it the lobby, but it's a gallery. And um, then the space, just before the show started, the space was activated by drummers, Al Lopez, who is just born to be in front of people. He is 
I had to direct him zero. He like there was very little rehearsal, and he just did. I was like, I got no notes. He did exactly what I would want him to do, which was come in with this big energy, and it was his idea to sort of call forth to the doors to open. So there's these giant Ooh. sliding doors in the in uh, 21C that open into the ballroom space where we perform our shows. He sort of like evoked, you know, something like Satan or something. I don't know. And and then and then the doors magically open and the audience pours in and the drums then, you know, were were part of the show in the back. But um uh yeah, and so then we, you know, you saw uh collected stories, which was different, quite different. Each one has been a little different how the audience enters. It becomes a source of anxiety in some ways because people like to know what they're coming into. Um, and so I also want to be respectful of differently abled bodies and um, uh, people's anxieties. I want to make sure they feel fun and safe and whatever. So I'm working on how do I, how can I make that better at the same time defy expectations? Um, so, uh, so then they came into the space and, and then Lupe happened to just be, whoops, she was in there hiding under a pile of garbage and uh, the play begins. And so it's a one woman show about Dolores who lives in the, um, among the mole people in the, in the subway. And we learn about under the subway in New York city and we learn about how she got there. And it turns out that uh, she's part of a story in which she's been killing her massage clients and putting them in the empanadas that are being made in the empanada store up, yes. uh, up above <laughs> so i wish you would have seen it zach yeah. loosely based on uh uh the story of sweeney todd there's there's something i because uh, i saw that performance as well and uh uh like i like a transient rolled over with my backpack full of stuff from another rehearsal and uh, stuffed as many empanadas in my mouth as I possibly could, <laughs> um, which were very good. I actually met Matt McClure, the, the chef, oh, yeah, uh, the, the night, night before, before yeah. at um, uh, Crystal Bridges. So another thing that Laura does or that Arkansas Stage does is uh, you'll like uh, grab little groups of people to do little um, activating things at Crystal Bridges. Yeah, so they, they were, uh, Crystal Bridges <laughs> threw some, I don't know, like swanky, hey, we're Crystal Bridges, it's Halloween, uh, go nuts kind of thing right and uh, it was a lot of fun they had all kinds of like groovy artists around and stuff and the, the party's called Halloween in the Hollow and it's got a, a history it's I think it several years they've been doing this and it's a Halloween party at Crystal Bridge yeah yeah so we uh, we activated a piece we we, uh, we used some of the artwork and stuff that was in the room to um, create sort of like a non-linear narrative experience for people that might be walking through and uh, I was just myself and one other one other actress and we had like a little speaker we did a thing and then uh, we met these this couple that came up to us dressed up as Curious George and the, the man in the yellow hat and uh, and he was like hey I'm making your empanadas tomorrow <laughs> I was like I don't know who you are or what you're talking about, dude. Uh, and, and then, like, it took, you know, a couple minutes of conversation to put this together. But anyway, we got to meet him, like, face-to-face, which is really exciting. And I, I think he, it, that made him, that encounter made him make the empanadas extra special. I'm I think. positive it did. Yeah. I'm positive that experience made the empanadas more so. special. So after the production, I was a little wary of eating the empanadas. Well, I, I sort of, Cole and I, you know, devilishly, we were like, mm, maybe the empanadas will be served in the room and it'll just smell like empanadas, you know? I sort of, the whole kind of, the whole time I was like, and it's going to smell like empanadas. And, and it, it ended up that just logistically we needed to have one thing in the one room and one thing in the other room. So the smell didn't really linger. Did you smell it? 
Did you smell any empanadas? A little bit. You did? Maybe off of my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I had one half eaten on my table, so the whole time I was just like kind of looking at it like, am I going to eat this? I don't think you understand. Uh, we were hovering around the empanada table <laughs> and talking to people being like, do you think we're only allowed to have one? <laughs> and everyone's asking the same question uh-huh. of like, uh, so were we only allowed to have one of these? Anyway. Um, that's interesting. I'm I'm glad you said that because we were worried about it, and it, there was plenty. It's, it turned out there were like a lot. Way I didn't get one. You didn't get one. Oh. Did you get there kind of late or? Yeah. Oh, and there weren't any. You could have had my half eaten one. Well, one of the, the, the like most effective things about that production, I think, that Arkansas Stage did was was have that that really live um, like pre-show thing in the lobby, that like that like calling of the arms or whatever it was to open those doors, and then things got super super quiet and settled down, and it was like this playing with like expectation and duration of things, and then in the back corner of like this huge, huge room, you had this person like scurry out of a pile of garbage, and then rush like straight up to the audience's face with like one solid light on them. And it it became like, oh, the, this, this hey, this huge, grand, big thing. Now we're gonna really, really simplify and specify things that uh, for me as an audience member was like super effective uh, and, I mean, the whole production, I, I'm a big, big fan of it. And it continued to do that as the night went on. And it, it kept small and it, it, it stayed DIY in a way, you know, um, which I added, you were like a designer on the thing, right? Yeah, well, it was mostly uh, Cole and I coming together and being like, OK, how do we turn 21C into a place that could be kind of creepy and kind of grungy that, you know, that that ickiness and that unsettling feeling that needs to happen um, in like the bowels of a subway system in this really nice museum. Um, but it, I think it was pretty successful and it helped. Like you said, this woman is rushing at you with one solid light. Well, the whole time you can't actually tell if she's talking to you. So it's like, you know, her eyes are just, mm. just above you and you're like, uh, you, you just don't know how to react in that situation. And you don't know like if, this is including you or if like you know you're just kind of there um so i just that uncomfortability spoilers but sorry everyone who didn't get to see it it turns out she's talking to a rat yeah i grew that rat in my apartment right (laughs) that she then that she then butchers and eats and she says it's either you or me baby you or me but yeah Yeah. so you you don't it's unnerving right that yeah no it's it's crazy uh, but that pile of trash just in this nice museum, you know, there's there's a lot of elements that come together to make you think like, what what the hell is going on, you know? Well, also, um, <laughs> I we we had this idea for hanging these light bulbs that she would then turn on and off, which is what happened at, at Big Star R.I.P. And <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> poor 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 <laughs> and uh, <laughs> oh my God, we all want Rip. Big Star to still be alive. Um, we have no vested interest in that play, no, other than like, like they I let us do It was just a great. It was a great bar. Sorry. Okay. Anyway, the bar was nice. Um, <laughs> like the physical bar was nice too. What happened to that? I want to know. I know. Yeah. All that wood. They, it was fine yeah. mahogany. Yeah. It was. It was wonderful. <laughs> but so we had a meeting with Dayton where we were like, we want to create this idea of this, these light bulbs hanging from the ceiling where she can turn them. You know, like activate them herself by screwing them on, and. 
And we were like, I guess, I mean, like, do you guys have any weird stuff we can hang light bulbs from, whatever? And then we all just kind of looked up and there were outlets just right there in <laughs> yeah, the in the light so bars. Perfect. So all we had to do was go and yeah. hang the thing down and it worked out perfectly, which knowing that information also informs future decisions because mm-hmm. I think it can be, that, that can be used. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dude, I- Go ahead. I was going to, I'm like so selfish because I didn't get to see The Taming. And The Taming was a production that was done on January 20th, if I... You recall correctly. I it recall. was, it was in fact, Inauguration Day. It was. It was. Uh, what was special uh, about that? Because uh, the playwright, I think, gave the rights... Mm-hmm. She waived the rights. Just, yeah, yeah. If you did it on Inauguration Day, you did not have to pay for the rights of the play. Wow. Which is great. So I think a total of, I don't know how many theaters around the country did it, but. It was about 50. About 50, yeah. A large number of specific locations where the same play was happening on the same day. Is the content related to the date? Uh, well, the the play is definitely political. It's not, it's not, was not about this particular inauguration, but it centers on a debate between a uh, conservative staffer and a liberal blogger. Uh, and with, without, I don't think I'm ruining it too much to say that uh, Miss Georgia, the, the beauty contestant, uh, roofies them <laughs> and locks them in a hotel room and demands that they help her rewrite the Constitution uh, to make a better America. Okay, okay. <laughs> Eat my shorts, uh, <laughs> uh, House of Cards. <laughs> yeah, like pulling no punches, right? Like yeah. just going straight at it. Like we're not going to try to disguise this as something that it isn't. You know, the the playwright was was clearly making like a a, a statement or trying to engage at least a dialogue uh, uh, mm-hmm. about things. And I. I don't know. I, I remember sitting at home, uh, not at home. I don't have a home. Uh, <laughs> we we should say that Jason has been a vagabond, an actor vagabond for a couple of transient. years. Transient. Transient <laughs> vagabond. We live crazy lives. And uh, however, literally tomorrow is driving to Chicago, Illinois to become a resident of Chicago, Illinois. The fine, fine state of Illinois. The, state, the city in which I used to live. Oh. And, um, uh, and become I, a went, theater artist there. You went to college there, yes? Outside the city. Outside, oh, Where'd yeah, you in go? In the Chicago land. Yes, Chicago land. I went to Wheaton College. Oh, land of a thousand churches. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Second highest churches per capita. Yep. But I was I was in uh, January twentieth when when Laura and and all of these wonderful people did this show at twenty one C and so many other people around the country did this play for for very similar reasons. I was in uh, uh, Providence working on a, another project and uh, uh, I just I was like following it on social media and I had never like followed anything on social media the way that I was following that. The taming. Um, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because because I because I knew people that were doing it and there in was, other places. Yeah, mm-hmm. and 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 I knew y'all were doing it, and there was just something about like, I don't know, there was something about that that kinship or something that um, 
that so so I just very selfishly want to know like every little tidbit about that production. Well, I will say that it was the first and only time that we have made proceeds of like a grant large portion of the proceeds went to uh, somebody else. They went to Planned Parenthood of Northwest Arkansas. Um, so that was interesting because and that was the most the, the most the biggest crowd we've ever had was that night um people were lined the show started at seven people were lined up out the door of 21c at five forty-five, and i was like this she's making a shocked if face you could only, if, if you could only see my face dear listeners um yeah it was really amazing and you can't not go forward after something like that. It was really, the taming really launched this year for me in a way that even when I'm tired and have too much going on and I'm trying to like get jobs and commercials and whatever else I'm trying to do so I can live, I, I've, this is a labor of love because I feel like I'm not trying to do anything like social this is my way of doing, of being an activist is presenting the, the curating what i uh, present to the audiences here and in many ways I think it's really more impactful than what I might do were I in a large city um, where everything's saturated with theater you know um, I don't know I well that's by. so we interviewed Dayton a couple weeks back um, and that's something we talked about is you know Dayton came from Chicago mm -hmm. um, and then came down here and did his own house shows and that started gaining traction. And, you know, that's, that's part of moving that inertia forward of an area that doesn't entirely have the arts, I guess, in it or is developing more in an artistic way. So yeah, I, I think that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. It's, I'm sometimes very cranky and tired about it. <laughs> and then sometimes I wake up in the morning and I'm like, I have a meeting today and it's going to be about this thing and who knows what will come of it. It's there's a lot of um, big question marks. It actually really sort of suits my personality. I I didn't and I oh my god I never expected to be the artistic quote unquote artistic director <laughs> of something like I I thought I was just an actor you know and it makes it it's expanded things for me and that I want to be a director now and I did direct one of our readings and it was really satisfying satisfying for me but the taming we we had. 15 women we had this 16. 15 or 16 women and girls uh were in this like sort of crazy little pixie choir of of uh mischievous musicians who activated the gallery before and then led the audience in and then I mean, I think Lauren Gunderson would be fine with this, but we we added some stuff to the play by by inserting musical moments, and they just like walked through and sang "I'm a Yankee Doodle Dandy," and they were all dressed in red, white, and blue and stuff, and uh, uh, it was great energy. I feel like it was it was a special thing, and it really um, launched the year off mm. in a way that was powerful. Mm. I'm looking at you because you were in it. Uh, yeah, no, I I think that. The energy in the room that night was that everybody there needed something uh, to come together around, to feel good about, to make them – the play is, you know, in some ways it's it's treating these big heady questions of um, the Constitution and how – and the Founding Fathers and what did they intend and how can you fix that. But it – I mean, it's a, it's a comedy and, and so there are lots of laughs throughout and the, the three actors who were playing the, the speaking parts were all – 
um, really, really just hysterical and embodied their characters. And I, there was this sort of collective spirit within the room, not just amongst the, the actors, but I think the audience as well, um, that, that we were coming together, u- united with a sort of common ethos and, and feeling like in this moment of incipient dread uh, that, that we, were, we were starting <laughs> off uh, the, the beginning of this current presidency uh, with, uh, with with common purpose, common energy, and, and, and a common goal. It was, it was really great to be a part of that. This is what I'm finding thematically about your shows, which I'm really, really enjoying. Um, and it's that um, in most art forms, uh, the viewer has to bring themselves to a piece and decide to be a part of the piece. They have to approach a piece. Um, and... Um, bring some sort of knowledge to it or interact with it in such a way that they can um, understand it or be a part of it in a world where we have this great American museum of art here, you know, everybody's on their phones or um, you see so many artistic formats um, where it goes from, Oh, painting is on the wall and people look at paintings and then, Oh, now we have to move to sculpture because people are bored by painting now. And then we have to move, Um, to more in the round performance art type thing to grab the attention of people who are inevitably always on their phones. Um, And I think something that you guys are doing and something that performance art does really well is um, demanding the attention of an audience member. And I think you guys take it a step further in that, like you said, you um, take the experience of participating quote unquote in a theater performance, which is them sitting and watching, as you mentioned and (laughs) inviting them may not be the right word because it's almost like a forced invitation. Like you will participate, (laughs) like you are with us in this eat the empanadas. (laughs) You know, it's a, I think what without, without being like Pippin, you know, without being like, we're in the Mm -hmm. aisles, like, pulling the person up on stage to dance or something. Uh-huh. Right. I'm thinking of just a particular production of Pippin. I don't know that Pippin always requires The original this. Broadway production okay. of Pippin did not involve Okay, okay. That. All right. Yeah. Sorry, Pippin. <laughs> Sorry, Stephen Schwartz. I don't mean to insult you. Um, yeah, I just think it's fascinating and really interesting that you invite your audience in such a way that they don't feel forced to participate, but all of a sudden they find themselves in a space in which, oh, I didn't recognize that I was already in in a part of the art and i think that to me is just like a you got him you got him uh and i think i just really appreciate that because so much of art and as someone who makes art we put it and exist in a space and the audience member has the as an artist you have to figure out a way to get your audience member to interact with it um and i think what you guys are doing is just like you found the way in which we uh we simultaneously invite people in and also coerce them to participate in what you're doing. I think that definitely is something that rings my bells and is like part of without having thought about it really before is something that I'm interested in. It definitely is part of the Donner Party show that I wrote. I made everyone eat, <laughs> eat, what did you pass, animal, eat animal crackers. <laughs> and 
like 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 the holy spirit the um communion and then um and they said i'm like it's but also tender comrades which which we did and this is an aesthetic that i learned in grad school about myself i mean i like i said as an actor i didn't have these choices i was just like i'm in a play and i will stand where you tell me to and i think it's a rebellion against that i think it's a sense of like wanting to have a say or something i don't know I but do. i found my voice that way laura is very very willing to be like a really like awesome host you know and like bring you in i mean here we're in your cottage right yeah, uh, uh here we are. and but like your one person show like you invited people onto the stage right and made them sit cross-legged on things right and gave them little snacks right like here at the empanada loca for example you fed them empanadas and then you know coerced them into the space i think uh, uh there's something about uh, um finding your role as a leader uh that uh um that sort of helps like with with fulfilling this arkansas stage mission or you know changing it from like maybe a traditional format or something you know so um kind of Concluding things a little bit, what do you see in the future for Arkansas Stage? What are you hopeful for? What are you excited about? What are some ideas that you would like to experiment with? I think thematically collaboration, collaboration, collaboration. I am so excited to collaborate with either other organizations or other art forms, um, other spaces. Uh, it just turns me on to no end to, to work with other people. And so I have some I, I have some big dreams about giving opportunities to playwrights. I want to, um, you know, I have been able to grow some of the community members and give opportunities to people. But uh, one of the places where we haven't I haven't grown anybody really other than Ren, who got to do a short her, her short play um, is playwrights. And so I'd like to uh, workshop. I want to do some like week long workshops with, and I have some plays in mind and some playwrights in mind, but nothing to announce officially yet. And I've had some meetings. I've taken some meetings. Hashtag Peter Coyote. And, uh, <laughs> oh my God. I love Peter Coyote. He's also the narrator of Ken Burns National Parks. I mean, come on. And all the Ken Burns documentaries. Well, yeah, Vietnam. Was yeah, just, Vietnam. He's yeah. so interesting. Okay. But anyway, that, and then more 21C for sure. We'll have another probably four dates we have Dayton and I are working on it and then um yeah I'm hoping to also I really dream of getting out of northwest Arkansas and getting to places like El Dorado and Little Rock and um Jonesboro I just I just was a judge for the Arkansas Thespian Festival which was such a trip and I met these lovely wonderful women who are trying to you know grow very young thespians in the state of Arkansas in rural Arkansas and I thought well, gosh, they should have something to go see, you know, and we're so easy to throw, throw something up and throw something down. Um, it's just a matter of how much time and money do we have. So that being said, one goal is a big fundraising goal. It's not even that big. It's I just trying to raise 6,000 American dollars, um, at GoFundMe slash Arkansas staged, uh, backslash or forward slash i don't know try either one see what happens slash it just slash it should be our motto um oh god no let's not let's think of something else you guys let's think of something else um just slash the budget yeah so i i need money to do these things i need money to do these things and i have lots of big dreams um 
this was a really amazing thing, but the Arkansas Times just named me a visionary. An Arkansas visionary. There were 20 people, and I was one of them. I couldn't believe it. That's awesome. It's really That's cool. Awesome. And so um, I my head is just, like, too big for this house at this point. <laughs> just kidding. I'm trying to just check my... my uh, whatever but anyway <laughs> edit take it out <laughs> remove what i just said um so workshopping uh playwrights works doing some more established plays at uh 21c and and me messing with audience expectations as we go perhaps inviting food and drink into it again um depending on what we do collaborating with musicians and painters and videographers and filmmakers and writers and everybody, all, a, a salon of people. And, um, you know, really honestly being able to pay everybody. I, I come from a culture in which everyone works for free to nothing in Chicago. And I broke out of it because it's not sustainable. And there's reasons that it happens. And we could have a whole other podcast about that. But I am in a place where I don't have to do that anymore. And so being able to pay everyone is of utmost importance. And often I don't pay myself anything. So give us your money, give us your money, <laughs> give us your money. <laughs> and that's those are my those are my goals. Awesome. Well, we're very thankful to have all of you Laura, Celeste, Jason, Ren, and Addie. Uh, you guys have been a treat. And thank you so much for having us in thank your house, you. Laura. Yeah, thank thanks for coming over. Thanks. And we're excited about the future of Arkansas Stage. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hooray. All right. Woo! Okay, I had a lot of fun. You had a lot of fun. Oh, I had so much fun. I had a lot of fun. Oh, Zach, you also had fun? I had also, also had a lot of fun. That's so good. I also had a slosslin. We saw us had a good time. Oh, God. This what a is mess. bad. This is bad radio. But hey, we had a great time. I hope our listeners also had a good time. They're a fun group of people. And honestly, yeah, just hanging out with them is a good time, too. I mean, we, we did the interview, but then, Zach, you, I mean, I hung out for like a half hour, 45 minutes, so, mm -hmm. but you stayed forever. I sat on, on a school night. On a school night. Wow. I sat on Laura's front porch with these people and a couple more people who showed up. And then there was a dog there. I can't say that didn't um, keep me there. The dog. Mm -hmm. um, I've all been there. <laughs> but I sat and talked with Laura and this group of people for an hour and a half after we finished the interview and hung out with them and talked to them about the work that they were doing and kind of um, talked to Laura about uh, the weird community of um, there's not many experimental theaters around uh, and the experience of bringing people up under her wings, which you probably heard um, she seems like is the lead around here who's trying to bring people into this. Um, but the difficulty of not having other people in the community on the same level with you or m more involved or more, like deeper into their career in like an acting sort of thing or working in the dramatic arts to offer feedback or critique to the work that they're doing, um, which is, I imagine, incredibly frustrating. Um, but the fact that she recognizes that she doesn't have that for herself, but she turns to a community of people who um, need that, these recently graduated grad school students or undergrads or other people in the community. And she takes them under her wings and tries to give them feedback and critique and help them better their craft. 
I just think that's really great and really incredible. She yeah, just, that's awesome. I, I definitely noticed that. I mean, I didn't stick around for the conversation, but I definitely noticed that throughout the interview is that, yeah, it is kind of like a pay it forward kind of community. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that. Um, and I wish more communities, no matter their discipline or craft, would do that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's awesome to see that in, um, in theater. Yeah, I think after it was all said and done, um, not having experienced their work much at all, um, sitting and talking with them really heartened me to them and the work that they were doing um, as people. I think they've been... I think Laura may may be one of my favorite people that we've interviewed as a human to give to people to listen to. Oh, she's going to love that when she <laughs> listens to this episode. She she has been. She's been uh, our conversation uh, in the interview and after the interview really heartened me to her as someone who's doing like really incredible work in this community. And it it excites me to share what she's doing with people because of who she is. Um, so Laura, if you're listening out there, I do really love you. And I think you're doing great work. Keep up the good work. Well, and for everybody who's not Laura listening to this, go ahead and follow Arkansas Staged. And I am very proud of the fact that I never said Arkansas Staged the entire time during the interview. Finally. For once in my life, because I say Arkansas Staged every day on accident. Yep. But go follow Arkansas Staged. Go do that. Um, they're going to have stuff coming up this new year, and they're going to figure it out as as they go, and we're going to support them. And, and if you fancy yourself a dramaticist, that's another word for actor, probably, or uh, someone who may be able to help them out. I mean, that room was really varied in that there were people there who were set co- like set coordinators and um set production people and writers writers and managers and all sorts of stuff. If you feel like you can contribute to that and you've been looking for an outlet for some sort of dramatic arts sort of thing, give them a call. It seems like they will um, hear just about anybody out. Uh, Well, and also if you're the kind of person kind of like me, who is I'm, I would love for them to do. I have the idea of them doing something in like my home or in a home um, and you're like, hey, I, I can't produce the arts myself, but I have these resources, like quite literally my house. Go ahead and hit them up. And at least having that as a resource um, for them would be awesome because they're looking to expand, um, as you heard in the podcast, not just to Northwest Arkansas, but other places as well, but also expand within Northwest Arkansas. So any opportunity they can get in that would be greatly appreciated by them, even if it's not needed at the time still appreciated and could be a valuable resource for them in the future. And if you do have financial resources, you want to throw at them, they do yes. have the go GoFundMe. Um, so go check out the GoFundMe. They're funded. Last I checked, they were, you know, funded less than a sixth of what they needed. So uh, go check it out because every little bit helps for them. So being that it's a very stripped down performance, but they do have to get rights to use scripts and that sort of thing. Um, and put on productions. So anyway, go check out the GoFundMe if you feel like you can contribute in this giving season of our Lord and Savior, the Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> was that a guilt trip enough, Peyton? That was that was really weird. <laughs> I'm just going to say that was really weird. Okay. That's all I got. Okay. But yes, if you feel like donating, go to their GoFundMe. 
Also, if you want to follow us and the work we do, we are Hey Hey NWA on the Facebook. We are HeyHeyNWA.com for our website. And we are Hey Hey NWA podcast with no underscore or, or spaces for Instagram. So follow us. And um, we got cool stuff planned for next year. So we're excited to share that with you eventually. Yeah. And look next week for our interview with Monica Jordan. Uh, it'll be coming out on Monday. And then we'll have a local lowdown and the season will be over. So crazy. Anyway, we'll see you then, everyone. Thanks for being here. And that's the jam. And this this guy, this guy and his girlfriend that were dressed up as Curious George uh, and the Yellow Man in the Hat came well, up. We to should us. say it was it was a Halloween party. Oh, I didn't know yeah. somebody was oh, just yeah. dressed <laughs> up. That's important. Nah, they were just rolling that way. It they was just cool. Roll around. They just roll around in character and see yeah. what happens. Matt McClure, he, Matt McClure secretly rolls around as the Yellow Man in the Hat or the Man in the Yellow Hat. The, yeah, the Yellow Man in the Hat is no. a different person. Edit. That's edit. <laughs> Please edit. The Man in the, the Yellow Hat. The Man in the yeah. Yellow Hat. Ha, 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 ha.